This is Amy Bauman, and you are listening to Speaking Truth with Love. For more information about myself or For His Glory Ministry, you can head to amybauman.com. Now here is today's show. Good morning and welcome to the chair. My name is Amy Bauman. I'm with For His Glory Ministry, and this is our weekly teaching. We come together each week figure out what chair we're sitting in, look at God's word, apply it to our lives, hopefully becoming more encouraged and more like Jesus. But if this is your very first time watching us today, joining us, I'm so glad that you're here. I'm so glad that you found us online. I pray that this word today will be an encouragement for you and that the Lord will do something new in your heart. We're in the middle of Holy Week. Sunday was Palm Sunday, Friday is Good Friday, and then Easter Sunday. And I had asked the Lord, you know, what did he want us to talk about this week? What does he want us to focus on? And he gave me this, Peter's denial. And I think it's important, especially over the last uh, month, the month of March, we really looked at Lent a little bit more closely. We looked at what does Lent mean? We looked at certain things in our lives that maybe we need to let go of or to hold on to. And I think this today, I believe this today is going to show us the heart of the Father. And when so many times we make mistakes, when we fall short in this life, the the regret that we feel, the sin that we feel seems impossible that Jesus could forgive us, which then kind of takes away the whole point of what He did for us on the cross that we recognize and look to on Friday and on Easter Sunday. So today is really a moment for us to look specifically at Peter's denial and how Jesus worked and moved in his life so that we too can say, you know what, we're going to make mistakes, we're going to sin, but this is why Jesus came so that we too can experience that forgiveness and and that freedom and that relationship that he offers each one of us. So we have lots to talk about today and to share, but before we get started, let's open all of this up, praying to the Lord. Father God, I thank you. I thank you for how much you love us. I thank you for your heart and that you sent your one and only son into this world so that each and every one of us could experience forgiveness of sins, and everlasting life and the fullness of the relationship that you want to have with each one of us. So Holy Spirit, we invite you into this time. We just ask that you will open up our hearts and our ears for what it is that you have for us. And I just pray for a fresh anointing that I will speak your truth with love. We love you and praise you and ask these things in Jesus name. Amen. So we're going to start off with about a five minute video. I want you to take a look at this video. And this gentleman is Peter and he's walking us through the the story, his encounter and his denial. Let's take a look. They say a rooster crowing is God's wake-up call. Yeah, that's, uh, at least that's the way it was for me. 
Everything, that, that whole night was a blur, all right? Um, I didn't comprehend, none of us could comprehend everything that was going on, all right? We were all in the upper room, Jesus was washing our feet. Um, then we were in the garden, Jesus goes off to pray by himself. I fell asleep, I'm not proud of it. I had a big meal, bread makes me sleepy. Next thing we know, me, James, and John, Jesus is in our face, and he's trying to wake us up, and uh, he said, um, what is he said, uh, the, the, uh, the flesh is weak, the spirit is willing, and, and then before we know it, Judas is kissing Jesus on the cheek, I try to go help him, I cut off this guard's ear, for the record, I wasn't aiming for his ear, I'm a fisherman, not a swordsman, and then they, uh, they arrest Jesus, and they take him off, and we... We ran. And it wasn't but two hours earlier that we were in the upper room. I was looking at him. I was looking him right in the eye saying, if everyone disowns you, Jesus, I won't. I'm with you. I love you. And I think that's what made me stop, turn around, go back. And uh, I caught a glimpse of Jesus as they were taking him to the high priest's house. Stood at the gate, and some girl comes up to me, starts pointing at me, starts going, you, you're with him. You're with this man that claims to be the son of God. You're one of his disciples. I felt like every eye was on me. So I just brushed her off. I said, you don't know what you're talking about. You got the wrong guy. I get my way into the courtyard, and uh, it's cold. I, I try to warm up by the fire. And then there's this guy that recognizes me, and he is uh, from the ear incident, you know, and starts going, get him, get him, he's with him. Just arrest him, get him. And I'm like, you don't know what you're talking about, all right? I wasn't with him. It was easier the second time to deny him. sometime right before morning and um, this wise guy he comes up to me and goes, who are you kidding, alright? Who are you fooling? You're with him. I can tell by your accent. I'm like, this is just the way I talk, alright? And, and the whole night they kept pushing him around. They kept beating him. They kept spitting on him, throwing insults at him and I couldn't take it anymore. I had enough. I was tired of people accusing me, looking at me and I, and I just I said a few things that I'm not proud of but I was like, leave him alone. You don't know what you're doing, alright? Just leave him alone. I wasn't with him. And that's when I heard the most blood-curdling sound I ever heard in my whole life. I heard that rooster crow. And at that moment, Jesus, he turns around and he looks at me. He looks at me. And his gaze, you can't escape his gaze. I mean, when his eyes are on you, you cannot escape it. And they arrested him and they took him off. I will die with you, Jesus. If, everyone, if everybody disowns you, I will die with you. What a, what a joke. I mean, what would you do? At that moment, at that time, I ran. I ran so fast, I ran so long.
And you know what they did? They killed him. He's dead. Kind of a hard video to watch. I think each of us have sat in that chair where we have denied the Lord that we have done something and we feel the full weight of the consequences and we just don't think there's a way that he's going to forgive us. We can't see our way out of the situation. And I know for myself, I've been there. There have been many things that I have done in my life and in that season that if followed, I said, there's no way, there's no way he can forgive me for that. I've messed up too big. There's, there's no way that that he will give me that forgiveness. And what I want to look today is on the other side of what happened of Peter's denial. I want to look at the scripture and talk about how Jesus meets us right where we are. And I want it to be an encouraging word for us today that here we are able to witness and see Peter's denial of Jesus at the cross in this, in this moment where he's followed him and has promised his loyalty and he's promised that he would be there for Jesus until the very end and yet he abandons him and we can have those same exact same feelings and yet this is how Jesus restores Peter and how he can restore each one of us if we will let him so when we think about this the Bible never tells us of another opportunity that Peter had before Jesus died to talk with him. So we can imagine, and we see that on um, this gentleman's face, the sadness, right? Jesus has died and he can't take back what he did and he can't talk to Jesus again and he can't ask for forgiveness. So you can imagine the great guilt that Peter feels that he's abandoned his Lord, he's denied him. And that he's never going to see him again. But after the resurrection, the Bible tells us that Jesus appeared nine times to various people in a period of 40 days. And I want to talk about one of those appearances when Jesus appeared to the disciples and specifically to Peter. After Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee, it happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathanael from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them, and they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? You love to ask fishermen that. No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. 
When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, It is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you have just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish. 153, but even with so many, the net was not torn. Now let's camp here for a second. Have you ever read this and went 153 fish? Did someone count it? Why is this number recorded? And as you're diving deeper into the Bible, I want to encourage you to unpack these kinds of things, when you have a question, when you come to something and say, well, why? Don't just skim past it. Dive deeper, unpack it, figure out why. I researched the number and this is what I found. Some say the catch of fish tells us about the salvation of humanity. And they showed this equation. Some thought at the time that there were only 153 species in the world, signifying that people of every tribe would be saved through the gospel. Some say that fishermen are prone to exaggerate. That would be my grandfather. So John tells us the exact number of fish, so we know it's a large catch. There was also a connection with Ezekiel 4:7. In Ezekiel, sorry, Ezekiel 47. In Ezekiel 47:9, we are told that very many fish will live in the Dead Sea in the Dead Sea as a result of these living waters. In verse 10, we read, and it will come about that fishermen will stand beside it from Engedi to Englaim. There there will be a place for spreading of nets. Their fish will be according to their kinds, like the fish of the great Mediterranean Sea, very many. Food for thought. This will definitely be something I ask Jesus about one day when I meet him. Okay, what's the deal with 153 fish that, that John talked about? We continue in verse 12. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. Are you seeing some similarities here, right? Last supper that he had with them, there was breaking of bread. He was passing it out. Uh, the very first time that Jesus called Peter, Peter was a fisherman, he called Jesus to follow him. He called Peter to follow him, saying that you're no longer going to fish for fish, you're going to fish for men. And so there's this 
theme, right? They've got to be knowing that it is Jesus, even if they don't fully recognize him. These are all the things that Jesus did before he passed away. And then in verse 15, when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? The Bible tells us Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Now let's break this down. What does Peter do after he denies Jesus? Peter goes back to fishing. Peter goes back to his old life. And my friends, so many times I have done that in my old life. You know, I, I get up in the morning and I try and I want to do these things and I want to do things right. I want to serve the Lord. And then by about noon, I've made so many mistakes that I just say, forget about it. I'm, I just, I give up and we can give up and go back to old things, old ways, old ways of thinking, allowing the enemy to come in and discourage us and, and live out the rest of that day filled with depression and discouragement and, you know, not wanting to get off the couch. We are tempted to go back to the old way of life because that's where we are comfortable. That's where we know what to do. And, and here's the same with Peter. He's denied Jesus. He feels regret. He feels unworthy of his love. So he wants to go back to the familiar. He wants to go back to fishing. And here's the thing. He knows how to fish. He's been doing it a very long time. He's good at it. This is where he feels his, his identity. And how many of us on a daily basis, you know, feel that we let God down and instead of repenting and receiving his forgiveness, we go back. We go back to our old way of life. And the enemy, of course, as I just mentioned, you know, jumps on that bandwagon and starts telling us all the lies, you know, oh, look how bad you messed up and Jesus is never going to forgive you. And you might as well just go back to the way things were. Just give up. Maybe today, the chair that you are sitting in, you feel that way. You feel that you have let God down so many times that you have just given up. You've gone back to your old way of life and you've stopped trying to follow Jesus. So you distance yourself 
from God. And, and just like Adam and Eve, when they were in the garden and they hid from God, God said, where are you? Why are you hiding? They said, because we are naked. And God said, who told you that? They had shame, right? They recognized their, the sin and their mistakes and they pulled away from God. And we do the exact same thing that Adam and Eve did in the garden. We do the exact same thing today. We pull away from God when we feel like we've let him down and we go back to the old way of doing things. But what I love, what I love about this as we read it in God's word and unpack it is that Jesus meets us right where we at, right where we're at. Peter went out to fish and, and Jesus didn't call him into town. Jesus didn't call him to the synagogue. Jesus didn't call him to back where the rooster had crowed three times. No, Jesus came to him. Jesus met him right by the sea, came to him when he was fishing. Jesus prepared a fire, had some fish and bread, and he created this safe place for Peter and then asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And he said that to him three times. And if we remember from scripture and even that video that we just watched, that was the number of times that Peter denied Jesus. So now Jesus is reinstating Peter and having him answer three times to cancel out his denial when Jesus was going to the cross. And I love that Jesus replaces that memory of the fire and the rooster crowing and the denial with now this fire and food and friendship and this way of for for Peter to say, I love you, Lord, three times. And yes, I will follow you. This is who our Lord is. This is why Jesus came. This is why we take this journey every year to the cross to understand the heart of Jesus, to understand why he came and why he did what he did. This is why it's a perfect time for us to evaluate our lives and say, look how close we are to Good Friday. Look how close we are to Resurrection Sunday. Is our lives aligned with God's word? Are we taking advantage of the fullness of that relationship that Jesus offers each one of us? Are we living a forgiven, free life in him? Or are we trapped in our regret and our shame and our sin, going back to our old way of life, thinking that Jesus doesn't love us and that what we've done is just too big for his forgiveness. I want to ask you today, what chair are you sitting in? What are you believing as we're right in the middle of Holy Week? Do you oftentimes go back to the familiar, to the old way of doing things when you've messed up? Or do you do what we talked about just a couple of weeks ago? Do you receive that revelation? 
Do you repent? Do you receive his forgiveness? And do you return to the path? Are you letting go of all of that junk that the enemy is asking us to hold on to, but Jesus died on the cross so that we could let go of every single thing, all the sin and the brokenness and the discouragement and the depression and the addiction, all of those things that Jesus came to die on a cross for. Are you you letting go of those things? Are you holding on to the love of God, believing that he came, that Jesus came, so that you can have forgiveness of sins and everlasting life? Maybe today you have felt like Peter and you have denied Jesus. But I want to remind you of the rest of the story. I want to remind you that Jesus meets us right where we are. And he wants us to know that he loves us. And he wants us to get right back up and return to the path. That's why he came. He loves you so much. Don't forget that today. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you. I thank you for your truth. I thank you that we can go to your word and unpack it, Lord, and see all the different examples of people that were once like us, that have walked off the path, that have denied you, that have sinned, that have fallen short, and yet you show us that you want to meet us right where we are. That you want to build us a fire, make us a meal, have us feel safe, and you want to restore us, Lord, back to the path. I just ask that you be with each person that is watching, each person that is listening today, Lord, no matter what chair they're sitting in, no matter what season of life that they are in, that they will feel your presence in a real and tangible way that they will feel your love. And as we all make our way to the cross, we just ask, Lord, that we will recognize the sacrifice that you made for each of us, that we will remember what you did, that we will allow you to restore us back to that right relationship, and that we will receive everything that you have for us in Jesus' name. We love you and praise you and thank you. And all God's people said, amen. Thank you so much for being here today and for joining us. And until next time, until we can be together again, be blessed. Thanks so much for joining me today. Stay tuned for more Tuesday teachings, Sunday sermons, and encouraging messages along the way. And until next time, be blessed.